Welcome, everybody, to What Are We Building? I'm your host, Andy Shaner. Thank you for tuning in. My guest today is Brent Iceburner, the candidate for District 2 City Council here in Sun Prairie. Uh, This is going to be the first of several shows that I do with uh, the different city council candidates, the school board candidates, and I think radio is a good way to get to know people. Uh, So next week uh, coming up, uh, Russ Weed and uh, David Virgil will be uh, my guests. We'll kind of split the time up with them, and then we'll also do a couple shows with all five school board candidates. So uh, a little more abbreviated interviews, but you will get to hear kind of from different folks that are running for these different elected offices. So uh, you'll hear from myself and Brent uh, coming up in in just a bit, so uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, A big project here, quite honestly, I've been a little bit out, out of the loop. I, I got a new job. Uh, I've been traveling a lot. Uh, I actually just came from the airport to the studio. And uh, I, I can say airline travel seems to be back. I think people should feel comfortable traveling on an airplane. The airports and things are, you know, get out, travel. Things are, are getting better. And our numbers hopefully will continue to go down and we'll get back to normal and, and travel. big. If you put something off, go go and do that. Um, but, but please, if you are in the waiting area in the terminal – if get a set of headphones, these people who put uh, their phone on and are listening to TikToks or music or doing a speakerphone call, like it's just nothing aggravates me more than hearing just sound just infiltrating my space. And I I got headphones, but I don't want to have to keep headphones on all the time to avoid listening to other people. It's like remember in the old days, people just kept to themselves and didn't make noise on the plane in the terminal. Just Oh, it drives me crazy. So don't do that, please, for the love of God. Um, but uh, if, if you can get out and travel, it's been a joy to be kind of back uh, and seeing different parts of the country. And like I said, starting a new job, it's been very exciting. So if you're traveling, don't do that. Um, but back home in Sun Prairie, the big project that it was approved, I guess, kind of in the news here recently, I know, was up on Bird and Egri Road. There's a new development, got approval. This was right on the border with the township of Bristol, I believe, and kind of a, a controversial issue because they were rental units. And look, anytime you have the city sort of butting up with the township and that sort of country rural lifestyle, things things can get a little, there's a difference of opinion there. But the developers made some modifications. I think the, the folks in the local town government, town board were, were happy with those modifications. I know some people in the neighborhood were not great uh, with this, this idea, but the idea is they're kind of single family homes or duplex or, or you know, maybe two or four unit homes that, that it would look if you're driving through there like a single family home neighborhood but they're rental units. And I, to me, I think it's kind of a nice bridge. There's this term missing middle of condos or duplexes or ways transition out of a typical apartment building into sort of home ownership or single family home living. And, and I hope that this sort of fits a need. That's why these developer that's why this developer is building it obviously is we need housing we we have rental housing price home prices are through the roof you know there are a lot of different reasons that people don't want to buy a house or can't buy a house right now and so getting them into a neighborhood uh, one of the things they did with the the whole layout it was put in there's a sort of a central park area there's a nice green space and it just seems like a really nice 
neighborhood that if you can't afford to buy your own home or you're trying to save up for a down payment, be a nice place to live. And so uh, up on Bertinagri Road, I think it's called the Heyday Development. It's been approved. I don't know when they're going to break ground, but um, kind of a nice fit up to the to north north side of town that I think is uh, kind of a nice thing that we're building. So I'll get out of here. We'll uh, take a little break, and then I do have a couple things to say, and then we'll come back with my guest, Brent Iceburner. You are listening to What Are We Building on 103.5 FM The Sun, Sun Prairie's community radio. I am in the Bank of Sun Prairie studios, underwritten by the Bank of Sun Prairie over at the Media Center next to the library. You can find all of our programming online at sunprairiemediacenter.com. You can get the app. uh, Just search for Sun Prairie Media Center on the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. If you want to get any of my past episodes, you can go to anchor.fm slash W-A-W-B-S-P. You can also go to Apple Podcasts. Spotify, just search for What Are We Building, Sun Prairie, and it'll come up. You can see all the different guests and folks. Uh, I'm, I get the numbers. I'm always kind of surprised how many people go back and listen to past episodes, so I appreciate that. Uh, and like I said, I will be interviewing over the next several weeks, kind of through March up to the election, uh, the different candidates for city council and uh, school board as well. So you'll be hearing those coming up. Um, that's all I got today. So when we come back, you will hear my conversation with Brent Iceburner. Well, I am here. My guest today is Brent Iceburner, uh, running for District 2 City Council, Alder. And uh, we're gonna, just going to kind of get to know each other. You and I haven't met at all. We're, uh, I, I want to have all the different city council and school board candidates kind of on the show. Just, you know, there's different, these, there's different candidate forums and different ways. I'm sure people can kind of get to know who's running for local office. But, you know, radio is a little bit different and kind of getting to hear a little bit longer conversation. I think that's good to kind of get to know, you know, who would potentially be representing and, and kind of making those decisions for the city council. So I, my first question is just kind of what I, I like to just get to know people. What's your background and kind of what what do you feel like led you to running or and kind of why you feel like you're qualified to mm-hmm. be on, on serve on city council? Well, first thing, I, I appreciate you having me on tonight. So my background is I grew up in a smaller town, I guess, north of here, Wisconsin Rapids. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time I was growing up, Sun Prairie was kind of our quote-unquote rival uh, okay. for various sporting events and whatnot. Uh, yeah, see, I know. went to D.C. Everest. And oh, yeah. Rapids yeah. was our rival, but <clears throat> I know they, they kind of restructured some things. Correct, but, yeah. yeah. And, and so... Um, you know, went to school or grew up in Wisconsin Rapids. And then in high school, I wanted to enlist, enlist in the Marine Corps. Hmm. And then uh, my mom was a guidance counselor. And she said, hey, you should go for this ROTC scholarship deal. And I didn't know much about it, but I said, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll apply for it. And the deal was if I got the scholarship, then I would do one year in college and then if I wanted to drop out I could drop out and enlist and enlist in the Marine Corps and that was kind of my goal was to be in the Marine Corps uh, so lo and behold I got the scholarship went to Marquette University for my undergraduate my first year there I loved college I loved the the ROTC program there yeah and so then I became a uh, Marine I, I, I graduated college went through the basic school or officer candidate school and then the basic school. I served in the Marine Corps for quite a while. And uh, what was your degree in? Uh, my gr- degree was in criminal justice. Okay. And, and uh, so then, um, you know, went into the Marine Corps. I met my wife. She did her undergrad here at UW. And, um, you know, we got married. Uh, our first year of marriage, we spent about 60 days 
in the same country. Uh, so okay. she is a saint. Um, but <laughs> Kind of a long-distance marriage, oh. <laughs> not a long-distance relationship. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so I deployed quite frequently, um, and it is what it is. I, I had a very unique Marine Corps career, and I enjoyed it. I was selected to instruct new lieutenants or Marine Corps officers how to be infantry officers hmm. uh, after my deployments were done. Uh, and during that time, we were living in Virginia. There, my wife was pregnant with her or with our first child, and she said, "What do you want to?" Or I made up my mind. I I wanted to leave the Marine Corps because I I wanted to be there for my family. And she said, "Well, what do you want to do?" I said, "I guess I'll be a cop like my dad was." Oh, okay. And and uh, you know, then um, she said, quite literally. You argue so much about everything, you should be an attorney. Mm. And, and so that's what led me to law school. Uh, and then I asked her, uh, where do you want to live? Because she had followed me all throughout the United States through uh, my various positions I held. And she said, you know, I really want to move back to Wisconsin because we're starting a family. Where is and she from? She's from Wisconsin Rapids as well. Oh, okay. um, she is a couple years younger than me. I didn't meet her until she was here at UW. Um, so she said she wanted to move back around here. And I still remember the day uh, we contacted a realtor and said, hey, we want to move to the Madison area. Uh, let's look at the schools because we're starting a new family. Yeah. So it was Sun Prairie, Fitchburg, Middleton, uh, all those areas. And really because of the schools, we chose Sun Prairie. I won't Thankfully, I was uh, admitted to law school at UW, and we moved to Sun Prairie, and uh, the rest is history. I started a small law firm, which has now grown. We have six attorneys, um, a few paralegals, and support staff in there, but uh, Sun Prairie is home, and I love it here. Yeah, yeah. Cool. What's your wife do? Uh, she's a nurse at the American Center. Oh, nice. And so, I, I mean, I obviously, so you kind of had a an interest in, you know, law, the criminal mm -hmm. justice background. I was going to ask what your folks did, but you mentioned your dad was a police officer. And so interest in law and order, legal politics, or, you know, or politics sort of probably, uh, was that something at a young age that you saw you had any interest in politics at all? Or where did that sort of start and, you know, or kind of lead you towards, you know, kind of running, thinking about running for office? So the reason I wanted to run for office is, uh, throughout my career, I felt like I was a voice for the little, the little guy. Mm. Um, and even in, in the practice of law, uh, you have large insurance companies, you have the state, sometimes in criminal defense cases, you have very large organizations moving against the quote-unquote little guy. Mm -hmm. uh, and I love representing the little guy, being the voice there, standing there saying, I agree with this 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 position, um, let's, let's, you know, make an argument to, to support you. Um, and so when I moved to Sun Prairie, I, I took an interest, uh, probably about four or five years ago in the local government here. And, and frankly, I feel that there is a section of our city that isn't being heard or, or if they are being heard, they don't acknowledge it. They don't know they're being heard. Um, and, and so that's really what drove me to be or, or to run for office is to be that voice for 
for quote unquote the little guy. Um, and is it that, doesn't. Is it, that kind of what your sounds like? That's kind of what your law firm specializes in. I don't know. Oh, so my law firm specializes in uh, personal injury, criminal, pretty much everything except for uh, family law. Okay. And, and that's only because I find family law to be depressing. I don't want to do it. Yeah. If I find an attorney that wants to do that, I will hire them immediately. <laughs> um, but but uh, you know, coming back to to this, it, it, I feel that. Uh, some people feel they aren't being heard, and that is what I want to be. I, I, I want to be their voice, um, whether or not we win. And again, because they're not being heard doesn't mean they're right, but mm. it means that uh, there should be some sort of argument, not even argument, that's the wrong word, but some sort of conversation that addresses the issues that they want to be addressed. Yeah, so, I mean, just digging into that, if who are those types of people? I mean, how would you kind of define that segment is it is it geographic is it district two is it or is it more you know just, just kind of who is that type of person that you feel like isn't isn't being heard or what are those what sorts of issues or uh, opinions are, are they would they have that you kind of feel like you want to represent exactly so i i don't feel it's geographic but again i'm running for district two so i can only be the voice for district two mm-hmm. um but you know it comes you know sidewalks yeah in the city is an issue um, why are we building sidewalks on cul-de-sacs or on dead-end streets? It, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, parents, they want to have a voice in, in their, their children's education. They want to have a voice in, in the upbringing of their children in the public education. And through my profession, I've been blessed to be able to represent teachers in the district that have issues with the district itself. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's... When I say a voice for the little guy, uh, what I mean by that is the way some prairie has been going, and, and I love this city, and I think the city council has done in the past a very good job at growing Sun Prairie, but where, where I think there's gaps or holes or where an, an opposing viewpoint needs to be had is fiscal responsibility so again sidewalks and cul-de-sacs that mm-hmm. doesn't make sense and and people don't like that don't want it they they don't want that on their property um that is where i feel i can you know even if i lose the argument at least i can you know support their voice um and when it comes to schooling and and public education and their children i've i've had a I've been blessed to have a working relationship with teachers, with parents, and, and all that. Working with the administration and, and students, actually, in the Sun Prairie School District that feel they're not being heard. And, and for some of them, unfortunately, there's legal ramifications that is why I get involved. Um, but working with them to make them productive members of the community. Sure. And, I, I mean, did you consider running for school board? I mean, I, I, that's... I mean, the city typically doesn't get involved in school issues, you know, a whole lot. Maybe you feel like they should, um, is what you're saying. But where do you sort of see that overlap? So I, I in? sorry to interrupt you. I, I did feel like running for school board a little bit, but mm-hmm. when I when I hear that the the city doesn't get involved in school board issues or or school issues, that kind of um, you know upsets me a little bit because. 
you, you know, you can get municipal citations for things that happen at school or, mm-hmm. or you know, there there is overlap between the school district and and the city of Sun Prairie. And, and my goal is to make sure that overlap has a voice of reason to it, quite frankly. And I talked to Chief Steffes about a, a case that I have and, and a case that the Sun Prairie Police Department and the Sun Prairie School District is involved in. Um, and, and quite frankly, you know, I, I guess it wasn't the typical conversation you would have with the police chief about saying, you know, you're doing everything right, mm-hmm. um, those types of things. And, and you know, to, to be frank, I, I told Chief Steffes, I felt like the officers involved with the school um, were looking for a reason or, or just looking for something to charge the student with. Yeah. And, and I completely understand why charges were filed mm-hmm. i disagree with them and, and frankly i think that um you know this the student's going to be just fine um but on the flip side of that the reason that involves the city is because the the charges and i apologize for being kind of vague here because i do have attorney client yeah you can't say I, everything exactly but um the the and just set this up because i don't know my kids are in <coughs> elementary i got a kid now at sixth grade mm-hmm. it Prairie View, but I don't know where we're at currently today with school resource officers. Do we we have we do some yes. Prairie PD? It, oh yeah, and, know, and this my my the, father was a school, school resource officer, yeah. and and the ones we have here are great, and and I don't want to 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 disparage them at all, um, but in this specific instance, it, I I view it as a a small incident that got blown out of proportion, which led to the police feeling the need to charge uh, this individual with something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and frankly, that's a school issue, mm-hmm. but it's also a, a city issue because if this student wanted to, I, I feel strongly they have a First Amendment violation um, that could be brought against the city, which leads to, you know, ultimately the taxpayer Sure. You know, facing an issue with it. So, and there is where the where the police overlap. I mean, there's, for example, there's always a, like Dave Hoekstra's was the school mm-hmm. board representative on the planning commission. They, you know, you have to look at. We have to be smart about where we put new new single family development because um, that will bring in new students. And you know, in terms of the the lines and the boundaries, and you know, there's maybe not directly involved. The school's not involved in the day to day sort of operation of the school so much, but bigger picture, these sorts of issues. Um, I I get that. So. Correct. And, and, you know, some prairies growing at, you know, just shy of a thousand people a year. We need the housing to support that. And uh, with that growth comes the added student or, or child or children, I guess, coming with with the, with the families moving here. And, and um, you know, when it comes to issues like that, I think some prairie needs to be focused on sustainable growth. And with sustainable growth, we need to be focused on one. Uh, even though I mentioned previously that you know I have some issues with with some citations that police officers have issued here, but we do need police officers in some prairie. And and right now we're about seven or nine officers short if you go yep. by the per capita. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and over the five years we're supposed to get seven to nine more officers, uh, but in those five years we're going to grow, you know, about 5,000 people, which means we're going to be five to seven officers short uh, at that time. So I think we need to focus on supporting our officers. 
at the same time, we need our officers to get that community involvement so that, at least in my opinion, we it, it doesn't have the perception of something happened. We need to charge somebody with something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think the way you do that, and I've talked with Chief Steffes about this, um, is through community policing, having having community li- liaison officers out there, um, you know, individuals that are active in the community, they know their neighbors, they know their community, and I think that can go, uh, you know, we, we can s- not yeah, I mean, solve I, crime, but we can no, lower I, crime. That community that. policing element is certainly something that Chief Stavis has focused on and is continue i'm pleased to hear you say that and supporting that in just terms of getting engaged with with the community um you mentioned fiscal responsibility earlier and the sidewalk thing is you know i i don't really understand either why cul-de-sacs and dead ends but at the same time if we cut those sidewalks out i don't you know that's a pretty small sliver of the the overall city budget and and absolutely my my, my question to anybody who's saying we need to cut taxes because nobody likes paying taxes is you know are there specific areas that you feel like you know, the city really needs to cut or, you know, if, you, if you're going to kind of lower, lower taxes or even hold them from going up, you know, does anything come to mind that you've seen that we we're just spending money on unnecessarily? So when it, when it comes... In a big way. I mean, because no, it, it kind of comes down to personnel and people and services and, abso- you know... Absolutely. What, so what, what, what does that look like? Frankly, our, our public... Our public works department and our police department are understaffed. I mean, I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They're understaffed. Now, I think I, with the police, my understanding is the money's budgeted there. We even budgeted additional, but we don't. We can't fill the positions. Just there's labor shortages, and so we, can we discuss pay and you know what incentives and all that kind of stuff. But so I'll disagree with you only in so far as it's budgeted, but mm-hmm. the the budgeted hires for the police department only keep us up to being understaffed. Um, I gotcha. So, I mean, ideally, some prairie would hire nine officers today. Uh, Do you think they need to increase that pay? To the pay? Yeah. Well, well, when it comes to hiring police officers, there there's a lot of hurdles that are there institutionally. I mean, the college credits the and, and whatnot. But when we come to the, the pay and the benefits, I think some prairie's doing a good job with that salary range. Um, I do feel that some individuals could fill that role, uh, but they're they're burdened or they can't fill the role because of the college credit uh, requirement behind it, and that's not mm-hmm. an issue. Some prairie can can frankly change. It, it's it's it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but but when we come to you know when we when we talk about these small slivers of savings, um, my in my mind multiple small slivers of savings equal large savings in the end uh so salt sidewalks in cul-de-sacs and dead ends is is that going to going to solve our budget problems no no but can it help solve our budget problems absolutely um you know we talk about the library expansion and and the media center expansion Mm -hmm. i absolutely support that Mm -hmm. um but when i look at the the proposal proposals that were offered here uh you know we didn't go with the cheapest proposal and i want to you know one of the questions i would have if i were on council is why do we need an outside amphitheater that can be used only during the summer months uh why do we need the glass 
entrance, or not really entrance, but why Lobby, do we need the, I think the atrium? Yeah, they call atrium, it atrium. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know things like that, which are very very nice to have, and they are very good looking for a developer's perspective. But does Sun Prairie need that? And, and you know when we talk about having a sixteen million dollar project versus a 14 or 19 million dollar project i mean these are millions of dollars that Mm -hmm. we're talking about which will and have been added to the taxpayers um you know annual property tax and things like that um do we need that much i I mean are there cuts there that could be made as well And, and frankly our library needs work it absolutely needs work our media center needs work it absolutely needs work um and, and I don't think anybody disagrees with that. But do we need an outdoor amphitheater? Do we need the atrium? Do we, you know, some of those niceties, mm-hmm. as I call them. And, and so that's where I think where a lot of little slivers can equal, you know, a significant budget, you know, surplus, if you want to call it that, but savings uh, yeah. in, in the end. So, and, and frankly, even if we are spending that money, Maybe we reprioritize that money. So if we could save $3 million on the library expansion, well, that solves our policing issue right there. Because, Well, for a year at least, that solves our policing issue uh, with, with funds. Okay. Um, I wanted to ask you about, you know, just in terms of these debates playing out in council and people ask these questions, and if, if it gets to a point where cuts have to be made, I, I wanted to ask you about temperament a little mm-hmm. bit because I don't know if you watch city council meetings i hope you have been oh yeah i've watched quite a few of them okay. uh, uh, thankfully zoom has happened i guess that's the the blessing of covid we it's didn't funny have to go there i so. i started this show kind of right before covid and i don't i don't know that i would have been able to watch as many planning commission or committee mm-hmm. of the whole meetings and it, it does kind of help people um but uh, you know there are different temperaments on mm-hmm. the there's people that are a little louder voices a little bit uh you know quieter listener types on council and um obviously steve stocker is president and he's got to speak but where do you where do you kind of see yourself fitting in in terms on on that scale on as these debates sort of play out? Well, thankfully, uh, throughout my entire life, I've been kind of the the listener mediator. Mm-hmm. Um, so while I was in the Marine Corps uh, training foreign forces, I've had many. Well, in Afghanistan, I've had many shuras, which is uh, meeting of the elders, mm-hmm. um, and and trying to come up with unique solutions. And and frankly. Uh, I don't know if you want to get into too much detail on this, but we, the United States Marine Corps actually made a case study out of one of the issues I had while I was in Af- Afghanistan okay. um, dealing with, you know, what do you do now? Um, and, and it was a great learning experience for me, I guess. And, and now as a litigator, as an attorney, a lot of times I have very – uh, I'm dealing with parties that don't see eye to eye. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, frankly, 95% of the cases never result in a jury trial because sure. it results in settlement. Yep. And, and one of my goals is to drive a, a settlement. So, or the way I look at it, that for city council is if, if, you, if we have these differing views and, and maybe I'm the lone voice uh, voicing a differing view, um, I don't think that bars, uh, you know, a, a resolution on the topic, but at least a viewpoint is heard that may not have been heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so where I think I can add benefit to the city council right now is, one, 
again being the the voice for the quote unquote little person you know maybe maybe somebody that doesn't feel they're being heard um voicing that opinion and then discussing it and, and having a reasonable talk with the other council members and coming to some sort of an agreement yeah so yeah that's fair enough and i, I think that's what we need and you know in terms of local politics it's one of the reasons i've kind of gravitated more towards it away from national politics because people do seem to listen to each other um and and the issues there you know you have to represent your entire district um regardless of kind of who they voted for for president you know and Mm -hmm. that kind of thing so um so yeah we're about out of time i i do just want to kind of just to be accurate your uh, the election's april 5th um you're you're not technically running unopposed angie yang is still on the ballot but she's publicly announced that she's no longer seeking the office so i you know there is a potential she could get more votes oh yeah um because yeah. she is on the ballot um but i, I just want to be public and transparent that, that that's what she's announced um and so you know more than likely you'll you'll be the next well, elder for district two but i i i, I, I don't want to say that yet right. no and and frankly i've heard uh from various organizations out there that uh frankly don't like me don't support me yeah. etc uh, they're encouraging voters to vote for angie yang and and you know what if you vote for her that that's fine my wish is don't vote against me come meet me um i'm mm-hmm. having meet and greets that that are going to be happening over the next few weekends here uh in district two and, and i hope that if you disagree with me we can at least talk and and find out i'll listen to your viewpoints and and again we may disagree and that's fine you know it it is what it is uh but I really want to represent not just a position in District 2. I want to represent all of District 2. So for, for the groups that are, are pushing strongly to, to vote for Angie Yang just so I don't get elected, mm-hmm. um, I would encourage those individuals to talk to me. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel that if you actually talk to me and know me, not, not know what other people say about me, but talk to me, um, I think – their opinion will be changed, and and I will represent District Two. And, and frankly, uh, in my legal career, I've represented people that I don't agree with at all. Sure, but they had a case, yep. and they had the law behind them, so I represented them. And my my goal is to take that into District Two uh, as an alder. Sure. I may not agree with you. I'll represent you. Well, and that's quite frankly why I wanted to have you on, just to have a, a good. We, you know, we talked for twenty thirty minutes here, and. Mm-hmm. You know, people can say this is one part of it. They can come talk to you, too, and um, that's that's how you get to know people. So I appreciate you coming in, Brent. Um, yep, thanks for having me. Brent Iceburner, candidate for District 2, Alder, uh, elections April 5th. Um, yep. Thanks for coming in, Brent. Thanks for having me. Yep. Take yep. care. Well, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I had a little bit of a preconceived notion when I came in and, and was expecting to talk to Brent. I thought it might get a little confrontational. Uh, he seems like a very sensible down-to-earth kind of guy and not really able to pigeonhole on, you know, a right-left conservative liberal tech spectrum. Uh, and from what he said today to me, uh, it feels like a kind of a good fit for city council. So uh, we'll see. Certainly, as I said, Angie Yang's still on the ballot. And so we'll have to see how it plays out. I'm looking forward to Election Day on April 5th. Uh, I thank everybody for listening. I thank Brent for coming in and talking to me. And this is What Are We Building on 103.5 FM, Sun Prairie's Community Radio.